Hey, how you doing? What's up? My name is Pastor M, uh, Senior Pastor of Avuno Church, and I want to just begin today by saying Happy Mother's Day to all the moms here at Mavuno Church. Hey, I am so, so excited that we can celebrate you today. If my mo mom, if you're watching, my mom, like, like, like Mrs. Wanjiao, if you're watching this, I just want to say I love you, mom. You are the best mom in the world. And also to my wife, uh, uh, Carol Wanjiao, Pastor Carol, you are like the like, honestly, you're the hottest mom there ever was. Like, you're, my, like our kids are blessed to have you. I'm so excited about you. And also, just want to say a big, big happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Uh, there are so many moms who are watching this. Some of you are in, uh, in places where your kids are far from you. Uh, some of you are in places where... Right now, you're carrying a heavy burden of being a mom to young children. Some of you are caring for children who are not well. Let me just say this. The world would not be what it is if God had not given us the gift of mothers. So we honor all the moms. And even the, those who are praying to be moms uh, in this season, we just bless you as well. And we thank God for you. And we just say, happy Mother's Day. And speaking of family, you know, this is a time when we say that we are going through a series called Family Matters. Uh, we learned last week that every crisis our family is facing is an opportunity in disguise. And you know, this time of crisis, when everybody in the world is fearful, when everybody around in the world is running around not knowing what their head from their tail, uh, we're saying that this is the best opportunity we could ever have to care for our families. And that's why we're going through this uh, series, someone series, Family Matters. That's why we're walking through the Simama experience together as a church family. And so if you missed last week's message, please catch it. It's online. You can get it on any one of our, our social media pages. But I want to just say that we've had a fantastic week as well. We had a week of prayer and fasting. Uh, wasn't that amazing? And I prayed for my family like I've never had a chance to pray for them before. You know, our theme this year is like a champion. And what we were doing is just being champions. That's what we're doing in this series. We're being champions for our families. We're waging spiritual warfare on behalf of our families. You see, you have to fight for your family if you want it to be an awesome family, if you want it to be a healthy family. Because there's so many forces working against your family in society. Uh, you won't just have a healthy family just like that. It won't happen by accident. There are spiritual forces. There are economic forces. There are moral forces. There are cultural forces. There are so many things that are standing against the idea of family in our society today and standing against your specific family in this season. And you know what happened uh, thousands of years ago when the Israelites were under attack, when, the fam when their families were under attack? Their leader at the time, his name was Nehemiah. And he said these words in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is awesome and fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives and fight for your homes. You know, do me a favor right now and tell your neighbor, your family is worth fighting for. Yeah, tell them right now. Come on, just... Turn around, tell somebody else, tell the other neighbor, your family is worth fighting for. You know, it's interesting because there are so many people who give up, but I want to speak to you right now and say, don't just give up on your family. Don't say it can't change. Don't say it can't be different. It's not too late to start fighting to make your family better. And that's what we're doing this next two months through Simama. Today's message, I want to focus on how to turn around your family's story. That's actually the title of my message. And you know, it's interesting because it doesn't matter how terrible your family is. It doesn't matter whether you're one of those families, where you come from one of those families, where you never want anybody to know you're from that family. It doesn't matter whether you come from one of those families where people never talk to each other, where people are always fighting. You know, here's the thing. God is in the turnaround business. Come on, somebody. You know, God is in the, in the business of turning around. 
impossible situations. In the beginning, the Bible tells us God spoke over darkness and he said, let there be light. And I want to say today that God is still speaking over the darkness in our families and he's still commanding light to come and it will come. And what, the, the, as we're talking about changing our families, turning around our families, you know, it strikes me. The thing that comes to my mind is that the greatest challenge in fighting for your family is that you learned how to be a family by being in that family. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's like you're trying to change something that actually taught you what that something is meant to be. And that's why you'll often see that child who grew up in an abusive home, hating every minute, ending up becoming an abusive spouse or an abusive parent. That's why you find that child from a divorced home tending to be at a higher risk of divorce because of the situation they came from. That child of an alcoholic uh, father becoming or tending to become an alcoholic. Why? Because we learn parenting from our parents. We learn family from our family. And the only way we can change the trajectory of our family, the only way we can write a different story for our family is by finding a new source, getting a pattern from a completely different source. And thankfully for us, we do have such a source. Uh, the, the word of God is our source. And you know, it's interesting because the apostle uh, Paul in Romans 12 to, uh, 2 urges us to not con be conformed to the patterns of this world. You can read that and put your family. Don't be conformed to the patterns of your family, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The past doesn't have to, be, to have control over you. With God's word, we can transform our minds and renew them so that we write a different story for our family. And today I want to talk about the four traits of a healthy family. Some of you are going to be hearing these and you're going to be going, my goodness, my family is like this and I bless God for you. And if this is your case, then I want you to just celebrate and rejoice and don't take for granted what your family has, but commit to perpetuate this and even to become a helper of other families. But for some of you, it's going to be news because you've never known that these things are what is meant to be in a family. And my prayer is that this will be good news for you. That as you listen to what I'm going to say today, you'll be saying, this is a new story that I want to write for my family. I want to turn around my family's story. And so here's the first one. I'm going to be representing each of these, um, these, these traits of a healthy family with certain symbols. And the first one is a board game. Now, some of you grew up playing board games. Some of you uh, love playing games. Uh, this one is called Junior Pictionary. <laughs> And I mean, if you love playing games, then you've already got a smile on your face because this just brings memories to you. Why do I want to show this as a symbol of a healthy family? And I'll tell you why. If you're writing notes, this is when you start to write them down. The first is that healthy families enjoy each other. Healthy families enjoy each other. You know, it's interesting because fa healthy families, they actually know how to have fun together. This is a missing ingredient in many families today. Today, many families are worn out, tired, functional, and all too serious. The average family is all work and no play. Let me ask you a question. What fun things did your family like to do together as you grew up that they all enjoyed? I can see some blank looks in the room because for some of you, you grew up in a generation when fun and family did not come together. They didn't come in the same. Many in my generation, we grew up in families that were more like boot camp. And your parents were the drill sergeants. And parents would just be working hard the whole day and they'd come home and the first thing is, where's your homework? Where's your report form? Why is your room looking like that? Who, who, who left those shoes outside? And it, just, it was just like 
when you saw your parents, you took cover and you fled for the hills because you knew the first person who was in trouble was going to be in big danger. And you know, it was interesting because for, for us, we even, we, I, I think those days we used to believe that a child is there to be seen and not to be heard. Now here's a confession. I even actually believe that was a verse in the Bible. I discovered as an adult, there's no verse like that. Children are there to be seen and not to be heard. And it's just because I, that was the culture, the prevailing culture around us as we grew up. Now, to be fair, and to be fair to our parents, many of them grew up in extended families where the parenting role was shared with many people. It wasn't the, the role of just the parents. And so when they moved into the city, and they found themselves in a nuclear family situation, and in Simama this week, we're going to be talking a bit about that. When they found themselves in that situation, they didn't know how to deal. They didn't know how to be all those things that they had never been trained to be. And so they ended up just doing their best to make sure their children grew up, not to become lazy bums, uh, to, to make sure they beat some discipline into us. They tried to do their best to help us be everything we're meant to be. But you know, the Bible does say that you must work hard if you want to eat. <laughs> but the reality is that play is also critical. Joy and fun are also critical to your development. I want to share a few scriptures that for me, you know, it's interesting, even as an adult reading these, it's like I have to teach myself that this is actually the God I serve. This is the kind of God that we serve. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It says, God generously gives us everything for our enjoyment. My goodness, what kind of father is that? He doesn't give us those things for our survival. <laughs> he gives us all things for, what, what, what kind of father is this? What amazing father. He gives us all things for our enjoyment. God wants life to be enjoyed, not just to be endured. God wants you to enjoy life. If you're too busy to enjoy life as a family, then you're too busy. That's just the reality. You don't know how long you've got to live. You don't know whether you're going to be here. Some of you are saying, wait till I, wait till I make enough money, then I'll, I'll be there for my kids. Wait till, I, wait till I retire, then I'll have time to build. No, no, no. You have no idea whether you'll be there tomorrow. And I want to speak to some parents here and say, you have no idea that those kids of yours who are always clinging on to you, who always want time and sometimes they get irritating, a season is coming when they will not necessarily want that. And you're the one who will be chasing, lonely, looking for their attention, but you taught them a long time ago that you were too busy to be in their space. So listen, God gives us things for our enjoyment. Families, we must learn to enjoy one another. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15, another revolutionary verse. Ecclesiastes 8, 15, it says, So, this is King Solomon, wisest man in the world. He says, So I recommend having fun. Ha! Which Bible says that? It actually says it. I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. Oh my goodness, look at the father we serve. If you don't have fun in your life, you're not really obeying God's word. God wants you to have fun. If you don't have fun, by the way, you'll never be a creative person. Uh, you, you become, you know, they say all work, no play, makes Wanjiko a dull girl. It's just a reality. You just become dull. For preschoolers, for young children, actually play is what creates, it's what helps their minds grow. That's actually the best education that they can get. And that's why I've committed, by the way, I've committed, my kids are older now, but I've made the commitment that in my family, one of my roles is CFO, which stands for Chief Fun Officer. Uh, so I, I, I've just committed as a father. I'm the one who brings fun to my house. Uh, sometimes my kids get too serious, and I think they got it from me, unfortunately. 
And so I try to now, maybe a little late in life, but I try to rectify that by making sure our home is a fun place. And I found God because my wife enjoys fun. So she's always made sure that our home, that we enjoyed each other, we had fun. Actually, our family mission statement is serving God while we make memories together. And we, we love creating memories. We want to create memories and serve God while our kids are still with us. Uh, you know, every week we have family night. And when we have family night, we play games. Uh, we, we, we pull out games and we play them. And we don't play video games. Uh, once in a while when we're very tired, we'll watch a movie. But I've realized movies are not as fun as when you sit down, play a card game, play a board game, and grow our bonding together. This is what kids want. They want your time. I've met many people who are successful, uh, successful business people. And they've said something like, I don't get it. I buy my wife and kids everything they've ever wanted. What more could they want? And I'll tell you what they want. What they want is your time. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. It's time. Just being together, enjoying each other. It's the greatest gift you can ever give your kids. And when you give your time, you're giving your life. The third thing, the third verse, I'll just read Ecclesiastes 9.9. I'm, I'm taking a lot of time with this one because it's so important. Relish life. Listen to this one again, again, Solomon. Relish life with your spouse whom you love each and every day of your precarious life. In other words, you don't know how long this life will last. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. What's Solomon saying? He's saying, listen, the greatest gift you can give your kids is loving your spouse. Your kids don't, it's not the money. It's not the great schools you take them to. Sometimes parents are so busy, it's like, let me just focus on looking after the kids. I don't have time for my spouse. We can't get away together. Uh, it's too much work right now. Maybe one day when the kids have left home, listen, you are teaching your kids how to be married just by the way you're treating your spouse right now. If you teach them that marriage is a joyless, task-filled space, that's what they're going to be in their own marriages. And so, hey, let's learn to enjoy each other. This is what God wants for our families. This may not be the family you grew up in, but this is what a healthy family looks like. So number one, healthy families enjoy each other. Number two, I brought a watering can here. One of my hobbies is gardening. And the watering can is the one that you use to water your plants. And what am I saying with this one? I'm saying that healthy families encourage growth. Again, please note that one down. Healthy families encourage growth. Healthy families don't just happen. Somebody has to nurture them. Somebody has to make sure that they're growing. Healthy families always create an environment where every single member is a lifelong learner. This is not just about creating schooling. You know, it's not just about paying school fees for your kids. In a healthy family, you need to encourage every single person to keep growing in their area of gifting. You know, I love this, uh, this, this verse about Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 52, when he was just 12 years old. And he tells us this, tells us Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. What is that telling us? It tells us that even at that age, Jesus was growing intellectually. He was growing in his physical health. He was growing in his, in, in his spirituality. And he was growing in his social skills in favor with people. Every person in your family should be growing in those areas. You know, the interesting thing about it is as parents, you have the role of helping your children grow in this way. But even as siblings in our family, we need to be making sure our family members are growing. When we're not growing, we're stagnating. So what are the new things that you're learning that you weren't learning last year? What are some of the things, how, how, you, how are you growing in your faith in ways you weren't growing last year? My prayer is as you're growing through Simama together, it's a place for you to grow as well as a family. You see, average families remain the same. Nothing ever changes. 
In my book, Seasons, I talked about the most important critical thing that parents can give their children in the first years of their lives. It's values. You teach them values. Why? Because the world is constantly teaching the family members values. It's constantly teaching your, your kids values that you do not agree with or don't even know. It teaches them that what matters is how you look. It teaches them that the more money you make, the happier you'll be. That's what the world is telling your kids right now as we speak. It tells them that the more famous you are, the more valuable you'll be. And so our kids are growing up believing this warped things about the truth. But these things are not true. And so it's important for us to teach our children, to make sure that our children are growing. And how do we teach them? We teach them by example and we teach them by conversation. Example is important. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You know, kids will learn much more from how you live than from what you say. And so it's making sure that your values are the values you want to see in them. And live out example. Share stories, by the way. We love sharing with our kids stories of challenges we faced and how we overcame those challenges or places even where we struggled and we learned lessons from that because they will learn from our example. And this is what will shape them. Do we love God? Do we love coming to church? By the way, one of the things I want to model to my kids is I love church. I love God's people. I love being in God's house. Because if my kids find me in bed when it's time for church, that's what they're going to be in their lives. So lead your children by example. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 also says, teach them. Teach them. Teach God's commands. Talk about them at home, when out for a walk, at bedtime, and first thing in the morning. Imagine God's word says, I'm telling you, here are the teachable moments in your children's lives. This is a day when, uh, the, the times in the day when your children will receive. So at every opportunity, have conversations about the things that matter. Healthy families enjoy each other, but number two, healthy families, they create that atmosphere for growth. They encourage growth. Number three is that healthy families, and it's represented by my umbrella here. So you know something about umbrellas. It's been raining in Nairobi, and when it rains, what do you do? You protect yourself from the weather, right? Uh, umbrellas are a symbol of protection. And I don't want you to forget this one. Healthy families protect each other. Healthy families protect each other. Let me just say this. Your family will face tough times. Why do I say that? Because every family does. There's no family that's immune from difficult times. It doesn't matter whether you're a happy family, whether you're a miserable family. Every family will face challenges. Right now, some of your families are facing some incredible challenges in this season. And these challenges could be emotional. They could be relational. They could be physical. Whatever it is, you go through storms in life. And when you go through storms in life, the word tells us that you need support. King Solomon, again, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, he says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If one of them falls down, the other can help them up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to go through to, to, to help them up. You know, it's interesting because families, we need to protect each other. And there are situations in your life, in your family's life, when you will need to protect one another. One of those situations is a situation of change. When people are going through change, change can be very threatening in times of, uh, for family members. And maybe change can come because somebody lost a job, somebody moved town, uh, moved to a new, a new home, a child moved to a new school, uh, some, a teacher changed when you've got a young child and they've they moved to a different teacher. Those are, those are critical points to just watch out for each other to make sure that the person is coping. Uh, change can be difficult, and it's when families support each other. That's not the time for you to say, just come on, move on. 
uh, this of course, this means nothing. Just move on, you'll be okay. No, no, no. This is a time for you to actually be there to protect each other. Other times when you need to protect each other are times of rejection. Let me tell you, rejection is a painful thing for children and even for adults. When a child feels that they've been rejected, maybe they failed an exam and they feel like they don't matter anymore. When, when they've lost a relationship, maybe they were, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were dating somebody and they lost that relationship for some reason. They were, they were, they were rejected by the person they had an interest in. As a parent, as, as, as family members, we need to support each other in a situation like that. When a spouse feels, when, when they lose their job, there's a sense of rejection that comes. Does your family surround each other? Or does your family uh, shun each other in times of difficulty, in times of rejection? You know, I grew up, um, and my family was a, fant a fantastic family. Don't get me wrong. We're a, we're a great, and I love my family. Uh, we're walking through Simama together. I love my family. But you know, one of the things about our family is we're taught to be tough. We're taught to be private with our pain. Uh, we didn't know how to share pain. And that's not because our parents were bad parents, just what they knew. And so as a result, I found it very hard to share my vulnerability with my family. I, I found it very hard to be vulnerable with my wife because we are what our families teach us. But you know what? We need to break that because I realize when I shut her out in times of difficulty, I'm shutting her out in, in, I'm shutting her out in terms of intimacy as well. And it communicates that to her. So how do we learn to come each, around each other and to surround each other and even to accept the surrounding of your family? When you come home and you've lost your job and you don't hide it from your children, you say, I'm, 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 I'm in difficulty. And I've had my children pray for me and lay hands on me in difficult times because I want them to know that they are welcome to care for me when I'm feeling, uh, when I'm feeling low. We protect each other from harmful ideas. The other place we, we protect each other. Uh, they say by the time your child is 18 years old, they've watched 18,000 hours of TV. And they've watched thousands of murders, thousands of examples of sex that is practiced badly. Who is protecting your family members from the harmful ideas that are coming against them in culture? Too many children, too many parents for entertainment, when they don't want their kids to disturb them, they say, here, take my phone, go play a game. You see that in our culture all the time. And you know what? That is just like giving your child a gun and tell them, go and play with it, a loaded gun. Because all kinds of manner of things are accessible to them that you could not even have dreamt about growing up. And so what are we doing? We're not protecting. Many children are provided for but not protected. And it's like garbage trucks. You know those trucks that carry waste and trash? It's like you're opening up the door for garbage trucks to just come and dump stuff in your children's bedroom. And you're there applauding it. And I just don't want to, I think what I want to say here in this place is to say we are there to, we must protect each other. We must protect our children. We must protect our minds uh, as, as, as families. So here's the three, the, the three things I've said so far. Healthy families, Come on, I hope you're taking notes. Healthy families, enjoy each other. Healthy families, encourage growth. Number three, healthy families protect each other. My last point is from this globe. And I've had this in my office for a while. And some of you might have had one in your house. It's, it's kind of like a map of the world, right? It shows you all the different countries of the world. It helps you be able to see what the world really looks like. And here's a point I want to make with this last prop, that healthy families serve God and serve others. Healthy families serve God and serve others. What am I saying? Healthy families are outward looking. They look outward. You know, unhealthy families are all about themselves. They're self-focused. They're all about their own comfort, all about feeling good about themselves. They protect themselves from the world. They don't want the world to affect them in any way. But healthy families, 
are brought up to be ministers to the world, to realize that they're stewards. And so parents who are in such families will be careful to teach their kids. It's not about you, that you are created for purpose. You are made for much more, that there's something God has put in you that will be a blessing to the world. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. What is good deeds? Good deeds is ministry. So what Paul is saying is, <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's be a family that spurs each other on. And I remember growing up, one of the things I loved about my family is my parents were ministers. They loved ministry. Our home was always full of people. Uh, we always had a relative staying with us who was being supported by my parents through school. Uh, they looked after their relatives. They looked after friends. Uh, and it's interesting because I have so many brothers and sisters who just older brothers and sisters who just grew up in our home. We always had that rotating door of people coming in and out. They had a gift of hospitality. And they still do, by the way. I'm always put to shame by my parents. There are always people visiting them. They always are kind. They're generous with their things. And they constantly are blessing others. And I love that because they're a great example to me and to my family. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15, another great verse. This is a verse that talks about a family in Scripture that Paul was commending. And he says, would you do me a favor, friends, and give special recognition to the family of Stephanas? Wow, he wants us to recognize this family. Why? He says, you know, they were among the first converts in Greece, and they've put themselves out, serving Christians ever since then. I want you to honor and look up to people like that, companions and workers who show how to do it, giving us something to aspire to. In other words, listen, what a great family this family of Stephanas is. Church, I want you to be like those guys. They're always blessing others. They're always about being a blessing to the church. And so I want you to be like them. That's what Paul is saying. Imagine if that could be said of your family today. Imagine that people would say that family always puts itself out on behalf of others. They're good role models to other families. Are you teaching your kids to be selfish or are you teaching them to be generous? To serve others or to selfishly serve themselves? What's your family mission? Do you have a mission that is more than about just yourselves? Now, the one thing I want you to catch as I've shared all these things, I've shared four things about healthy families and I could say other things. But the thing I want you to come out with from today's message is this, that healthy families are not perfect families, but they are intentional families. They're intentional families. They become healthy by choice. And I want you to understand this, that your family will only become healthy if you make the choice to make it that. If you don't make that choice, you'll remain average. You need to make a decision today. But what a joy to know that God is your partner in this. That as you're taking your family through Simama, as you're making decisions about the family you want to be, my goodness, our God is a good father. He's that father who wants you to have joy. He's that family who, father who wants you to enjoy your family. He's that father who wants you to actually uh, love being together, love growing together. He wants your family to be a joyful space. And listen, it's not too late. Why? Because our good father has good plans for your family. I want you to just begin to declare right now. It's not because of your strength. It's not because I, can, I have ability to bring my family together, but because of my good father. It's, my father is so good and his passion is for my family to be good, to do well. And so you can begin to actually just surrender yourself to the Father right now and say, Lord, you're a good father. Because you're a good father, my family will be a good family. I want to make a decision to align myself and to enter into your plan for my family, that my family will become everything that you created it to be. Come on, somebody, just begin to say, you're a good father. Let's make this our declaration right now. You're a good father, Lord. It's who you are. 
good, good Father. You're perfect Father. Lord, we're not perfect. Our families are not perfect. They have issues and you know that, Lord. But we thank you that we have a perfect Father and we have a good Father. And that this Father created us to enjoy our families. He created us to our families that grow together. He created us to our families that protect one another. He created us to our families that are outward looking, that change the world together. And Lord Jesus, we haven't always been those kinds of families, forgive us. But we thank you that Lord, you're telling us you, the perfect father can come alongside us and become our partner and help us to reach out and to be the kind of families that you created us for. And so we honor you, Lord, and we commit ourselves. I just want to ask you right now, just begin to pray and say, God, I commit myself. I will be your partner in my family to bring about your purpose, your perfect purpose, your good, pleasing and perfect will for my family. Just begin to say, Lord, bless my family. Help it to become those things. I know some of you, your family is so far from this picture. But listen, God is not looking for perfect families. He's looking for intentional people. And He just needs one person in your family to commit, to pray for that family, to stand in the gap for that family. And that one person is enough. And our Father is able to use that person. And so I just want to speak a blessing over every family that is watching here. I speak on this Mother's Day, a special Mother's Blessing for all you moms who are going to play a role in bringing your families together. But I pray for this community. May you experience the good father this week. May your families draw closer together. May you experience the joy, not in heaven, but here on earth, the joy that God intended you to experience in your family. I bless you, God's people, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people say together. Amen. 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 Come on, give glory to somebody, to God somebody. Say